Sky Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Fred Hastings on his honeymoon somewhere. I think he's gone to Penrith. Anyway, uh, as you would. As you would, Freddie. He loves the West. We've got Brandon Cranborg doing On The Pace this morning after calling Menangle last night. BK, good morning. Good morning, Kev. And uh, yeah, I'm sure that Freddie would be, uh, would be finding somewhere nice in the west of Sydney for, for the honeymoon. <laughs> He's probably out of the Hawkesbury. Old habits die hard. Now, uh, how was it last night? How was Menangle? Uh, terrific, uh, terrific card of racing. And of course, we had some really top free-for-all racing. We had the McGrath Trotters Cup as well. And it was really interesting as well. We were celebrating 70 years of racing at Tabcourt Park Menangle. We had uh, the first race there on the 26th of September, 1953 it was uh, a race that was compete- competed in by some of our club legends including Sutton McMillan and also Les Chance and the first race ever conducted at Menangle was a 2400 metre race the mile rate was 214 in a fraction so when you think about the Eureka which was only about a month ago you can see how far the sport's come in 70 years and certainly I think we're, uh, we're on the way up in terms of the trajectory of, of the horses and also the, uh, the participants that we've, that we've got uh, running around. There's some really top professionals in our game at the moment. Okay, so we'll get Jack up in just a moment. He's not there as yet. Uh, what else would you like to tell us about that before we get to Jack? Well, what we might be able to do is, uh, is obviously confirm that Jack had three winners last night, and that was, that was absolutely terrific. It was, a, it was a night of the young guns where Cameron Hart also had a double, and really the, uh, the youngsters just took it away from the established drivers. Jack Brown also had a winner, so realistically the, uh, the only old hand, so to speak, was, uh, was Darren Binskin, who had a winner with Arden's ace. The free-for-all, of course, the, uh, the ticket to the Inner Dominion 2023, those, uh, those first acceptances uh, have come out, and there's some really strong first acceptances in the Inner Dominion. We've also got uh, New South Wales racing across the long weekend, nothing today, but tomorrow we've got the Ugara Canola Cup meeting. Now, that's a $30,000 Group 3 for the restricted runners, but... It looks to be a really top field with some horses that have run at black type level as juveniles. They come in, including a Sapling Stakes winner, Rip and Rupert, and also uh, also Chiseled, who won a three-year-old Group 3. So that is sure to be a fantastic carnival of racing, and I, I can't wait to be able to, to go out to Ugarit, my first, my first Canola Cup meeting that I've been able to attend so I'm really looking forward to it and hopefully the punters across the, uh, the National Racing Service and the Sky Network are as well Righto, Jack's there for you BK, take it away Well Jack, obviously last night we had, uh, we had fantastic success with three winners, good morning to you Yeah, thanks BK uh, Good morning to you too What we might do is we might uh, review that Tony and Jill McGrath Trotters Cup, that will guarantee that you're heading to Queensland with Constantinople and the concluding stages sounded like this. Constantinople swings in front in the Trotters Cup, leads the way by five metres. In second spot, one Magic Kenny's about to be mobilised. Love Gun right down the outside. Doff your cap at an inside run appears for Sunny G, but Constantinople with 125 to go, travelling okay. Here's one Magic Kenny setting down after it really powerfully and Toro stride late. It's Constantinople gripping on. Constantinople wins the Trotters Cup. Second spot really close between yeah, Constantinople, uh, the winner of the Trotters Carousel last week, backs it up this week 
to now win the Trotters Cup, and he's a really progressive type, Jack. Yeah, he sure is. He's in great form at the moment, and um, he's very versatile as well, so it makes my job a lot easier. Obviously, five from five, that was the biggest test that he'd had up to that point. When they were coming out after him, the likes of One Magic Kenny and Toro Stride from a long way back, did you feel as though he held them pretty comfortably, or was it a case of his first look at the at the free for all grade, and he sort of uh, he sort of was just needing the line. Oh no, I don't think he was needing the line. He obviously knew it was going to be a test for him. He's like you said, his first step up into the open grade, and you know he'd done a little bit of work to get the front as well, and he had some really nice horses chasing him. But um, I kind of you know never felt like he was going to let him pass, and uh, when it mattered, he fought on right before one. It's always important to have those horses that, that really do want to uh, want to fight for a win and it seems that Constantinople is that sort of type. Jackie's uh, he's come through the Tuesday grade up to up to the free for all. Do you think that he's got that sort of improvement again? Obviously he'll need to he'll need to really step up to uh, to chase around the likes of Just Believe, Queen Elida, so those good Victorian trotters are no doubt going to be a test in the inner dominion. Do you think he's got another another couple of years of improvement that we might see come December? Yeah, I'd like to think so. Obviously, as you said, that was you know his first real step up. He's had a nice little preparation where he's just started from you know weaker races in Tuesday. The Carousel series really suited him at the time, and you know he was off the front mark last night when a few of the better ones had a, a bit of a handicap, which also helped this course. So I think he's had every um, possibility to be able to keep improving. And um, as I said earlier, he's very versatile as well. So I'd really like to see him just off the pace without doing work against the better ones. And I, I know he's got some really high speed for a big horse as well. So um, I think all those things should definitely help his future. Yeah, the tr- the uh, the trotter now with this season, he's won five from five. He now takes his prize money up over forty thousand dollars and has that really lightning quick uh, lightning quick turn of foot. Does Constantinople? I'm really impressed by him. He now goes up to being in that uh, that eighty four class. So he is a certified free for all. And now we also saw uh, an outside an outside stable drive with. A, a double-figure success, Lockheel, in race number two. And I think we've got the concluding stages of that one as well. Down the outside, Sagidor putting in claims with also Lockheel, the centre of the track. A big finish coming up, 150 to go. Lockheel up to also Janati on the inside. Sagidor won't lay down. Janati, Lockheel wheeling him in. Lockheel hit the front close to the line, and it's Lockheel that beats Janati. Third spot, Sagidor, fourth close... A real old hard head is Lockheel, and he had to call on all of that experience against some lesser experienced horses there, Jack. He was in a three-way dog fight, and he came out on top. Yeah, he put in another really good performance. Uh, obviously, won well last week, and um, it was you know good to get the pick-up drive with Will being away this week. So uh, Leon does a good job with those older horses, gives them a new lease in life, so to speak, and um, he's got, you know, that horse really fine at the moment. Yeah, a really different uh, training regime for for Leon Jurd's team, and it obviously helps the older horses just being on the 
on the treadmill rather than rather than fast working out on the track. A lot of work done off the track that seems to work, and that's now back to back wins for for Jack Kelligan and also Lockheel together as a combination. And then we have to talk about that last race. They practically gifted gift wrapped it and gave it to you in the end just as well. She showed a really nice turn of foot, a last half in 55 and 5, but that first half was awfully uh, awfully soft for you, and you must have been absolutely loving life on the front end, getting a half in nearly 60. Yeah, it definitely worked out to her favour. Uh, I was quite disappointed last week. I thought she was in a winnable race, and uh, she really over-raced bad after a false start, which fired her right up, so made a few little gear changes just to try and relax her and uh, they definitely work she you know were able to get a nice lead and with no company around her she settled really nicely as well so uh, always knew she'd get give a good kick at the top of the straight and you know it was nice to see her get home all right we have to talk about some uh, some futures markets as well because spirit of st louis at the moment 21 dollars in the futures market for a victoria cup that's on the 14th of october which is something that we all look forward to, the Grand Circuit resuming with the Victoria Cup. Just tell us where he's at and whether he is going to end up in that Victoria Cup or whether he'll be safe for the Inadom Series later in the year. Yeah, he's uh, had a little freshen up after his last run and working up really good. Um, we're going to give him a private trial at Menangle within the next week and that'll probably decide whether we confirm the go to Victoria or not. Um, you know, at this stage, he's probably more likely than not to go. Uh, just as long as I'm pretty happy with him this week, um, he'll, you know, head down there without another run and then hopefully on to the New Zealand Cup after that. Big targets there for Spirit of St. Louis. It, it has to be said, Jack, he's been the, he's been the horse for you that's, that's really put you on the map and it's so surprising to see he's won 1.2 million, but hasn't yet cracked it at the Grand Circuit level. Do you feel any? Do you feel any pressure that you haven't quite been able to get there? He's been minor placed in Miracle Miles a couple of times now, but just that elusive Grand Circuit win has, has evaded him. Do you do you feel any pressure that maybe you know he's not getting any younger, and it's it's sort of time to strike now, now or never? No, I don't think so. I don't think there's any pressure involved in it. Obviously, the horse has done a massive job since being purchased from New Zealand. Um, you know, as you said, run second in two Miracle Miles, two Sunshine Sprints, Hunter Cup, Blacks of Vague. So I'd say it's more just a little bit frustrating than pressure to hopefully one day get a big one. But, um, you know, he's a horse that, only small in stature, but you know, he gives his all every time he goes out there, so always proud of him. Yeah, obviously, uh, when you win over a million dollars in uh, in the hardest racing game, you're, you're considered to be one of the best of the generation, and that's exactly what Spirit of St. Louis is. Just before we uh, just before we head off, Jack, I know that uh, I know that Menangle races Tuesday, there'll be uh, there'll be some horses that you'll no doubt have an eye on for Saturday or for the next Saturday of, of racing. Do you have one for the punters to keep an eye on throughout the week? Um, I'd probably say uh, Sarah Tesloy. She's in a um, two-year-old Phillies Bridge Challenge heat on 
uh, Tuesday. She's drawn bad, but if she gets a little bit of luck, I think she's more than capable of winning that race. Yes, Sarah Sloy, the uh, the gold tiara, gold consolation winner from March. She's in a two-year-old Phillies Breeders Challenge heat, and of course, once we know or once we have those uh, results in for the Breeders Challenge second round, we'll be able to look further ahead and see which horses have made it and which ones haven't. The semi-finals for those those two-year-olds are to be conducted on the 14th of October. So that'll be a really interesting split to see which drivers head to Victoria and which drivers stay in Sydney for those big semi-finals. Jack, thanks for your time this morning on On The Pace. Congratulations on the three winners and hopefully we can see a couple more during the week. No worries, mate. Have a good day. Well, there's Jack Calligan with uh, with a lot of success coming his way last night, and I have a suspicion there'll be more to come over the next couple of weeks. As I said, Ugarra race tomorrow for their uh, for their Canola Cup Carnival. That's always one that draws thousands and thousands of people to uh, Ugarra, just a little town, but uh, a big carnival, and it looks as though this year will be no different. We also have. As Jack indicated, Breeders Challenge second round heats for the two-year-olds coming up at Tudcourt Park Menangle Tuesday. There's a good meeting at Bathurst Wednesday. They have the two the two race meetings there across Wednesday and Friday with the Bathurst 1000 being on as well. And then we look to the Fritz Stakes coming up on Saturday next. So that's the uh, that's the landscape of harness racing for uh, the coming few days. Hopefully the uh, hopefully the punters around Australia can find a couple of winners. Along the way, look forward to joining you at Yugara tomorrow and uh, can't wait for that carnival, as I've said, the first one that I've been able to attend. Thank you, BK. Good job at the interview this morning. Terrific stuff. Well done and we'll uh, catch you later. Enjoy your trip home and enjoy Yugara tomorrow. Thanks very much, Kev. Right, Brandon Cranborg uh, on the pace.